From the friendly frontier, this is Everything West Texas. This podcast is brought to you in part by Floyd Miller Investments and the West Texas Tribune. Hosted by the man himself, Mr. Floyd Miller. All the information conveyed during this show is intended to inform, educate, and resonate with integrity and credibility. We may make you laugh, we may even make you cry, but never will we speak out against you or about you. We want to speak with and for you because every voice deserves to be heard. The views and opinions expressed on this show are meant to stimulate, not offend, and we reserve the right to edit content and outside participation to preserve the ethical value and professional principles of operation structure maintain a platform for interaction and information. Join us as we explore trending topics in news, politics, sports, business, education, faith, and the people, places, graces of creating a ripple in the surface of the big country. Your host of Everything West Texas, streaming on all major podcast platforms for your listening and viewing fulfillment, the investment professional and editor-in-chief, Mr. Floyd Miller. And where the cotton grows and the oil flows, here's Everything West Texas. Hello, uh, my name is Floyd Miller, and I'm with It's Everything West Texas. We're glad that you're here today. We're going to have a very interesting program. And if you are a pet lover, and particularly if you have a dog, you really ought to listen to this podcast today because your dog might be missing out on something. The individual that we're going to be talking with today uh, is in the dog food business. His name is Daniel Willis. He's been at it a long time. And I think uh, many of us know that as entrepreneurs, sometimes it it takes a while uh, to get your story out there, but today we are going to be talking with Daniel Willis. And so at this time, Daniel, I would like to welcome you to the program. It's good to be here. Well, I'm very happy to have you here, and I'm interested um, in what you've been doing. But before we talk about um, your business, I'd first like to hear a little bit about you. Maybe tell us a little bit about your journey, your family, whatever you'd like to share with us. Well, if I if I told you about my family, we'll be here a while because I'm out of family of twelve, and uh, <laughs> and I'm number six. And uh, I was born and raised over in Hamlin, Texas, and uh, raised by a single mom. And uh, I grew up there, and I kind of got started started with a gentleman over there that owned the feed mill. And I used to I used to mow his grass every week and when I got older he started allowing me to work at the feed store and uh, at Five Piper Mill and when I got to doing that and they moved me to the elevator in 1978 they started a dog food plant and so I kind of got involved in that as well oh. so that's pretty much I've been doing that ever since I was in seventh grade up to now and I, when I graduated from high school I actually started working for them and that's kind of how I got started in the in the feed business. Oh, okay. And so you decided to uh, launch a dog food brand, I believe, called Zach's. And so how did you come up with that name? Well, it's kind of interesting. We... Um, I got I, when I left Hamlin, I got hired on with a uh, oil company and moved to Breckenridge. And I and only and uh, the only thing that I knew was the pet food industry. Because when I come up here to work for an oil company, when I got laid off, I went back to Hamlin to try to start up a, my own private label dog food. And the first thing I, I couldn't figure out what we was gonna call our company. And my first grandson was crawling around in the living room floor, and his mother said his name was Zachary. And his mother said, "Well, why don't you just name it Zach?" And I said, "Whoa, we'll do that." Yeah, his, his name after my 
cover for his grandson. Wow. Well, that may be part of your motivation to keep um, keep going to make this uh, thing uh, very successful. So you started a dog food company, and from my research and understanding that there is, I, I really couldn't find any other black people that's in the dog food, a pet food business, but maybe there are some. So um, what have been some of the uh, challenges on that? You've been doing this since 2003. That's about 18 yes. years. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. There is, a, there is another African-American uh, gentleman out there that does it. His name is Chapman Johnson. Um, he's out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I was out in Kansas doing a, uh, a show, and he actually flew down to from Atlanta to uh, to Kansas to meet me. And because he had did research, and he thought that he was the first, and then he found out that I was, he come and wanted to meet. So, yeah, he is another gentleman out there as well. Oh, okay. So, um, how, how is the business going? What is some of the uh, challenges? What are some of the opportunities you see out there? Well, 2020, it wasn't a great year because of the pandemic, but here starting out in 2021, uh, we started getting calls from, from people from, from all over. Out um, of fact, we from major companies from all over the United States to where I was actually on a Zoom call with 38 major companies in the United States at one time. They just they, they were looking for, for black uh, dog food businesses that, that were in the pet food industry to see if they could uh, find somebody that was a grocery store ready to put in their stores. And uh, out of the out of the whole United States, they had they found nine people, but nobody made dog food but me. But as far as the challenges go, is that it's been it's been a struggle for us uh, trying to find people that would accept your product. You know, I mean, I have had some major hurdles by going into different places that, as you know, right now at one time it used to, years ago it used to not be but two or three dog foods you could pick from, but now you go in there and you find fifty thousand different dog foods on the shelf, and the first question they want to ask is what makes your dog food so much better than this particular product. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that we that we are the best dog food in the world, but I'm gonna say that we're one of the the top uh, dry dog foods in the country. Not that we do anything so much special than anybody else, but I, but my main goal is that we we try to we try to have some nutritional value in our dog food. And I always kind of when somebody asks me that, I kind of say, well, you can go as on the human side, you can go to McDonald's and and you can get some food, and two hours later you you're hungry again. But if but if you wash it down and peel potatoes and and and, and cook a good home cooked meal like out of a garden or something, and basically the food stay with you two hours, two three hours later, if they ask you. If she happened to ask you, say, well, you, are you still hungry? Do you want something to eat? And I said, no, I'm still full because of that home-cooked meal. And so Zach's just kind of made like that. It's just, we don't put no byproducts, no fillers, or anything like that in our dog food. It's more of a meat-based product. So it actually lasts longer. It actually lasts longer for the dog. And it also got some good health benefits where your dog is going to get a good coat, a good shiny coat. I mean, uh, it's got your omega-3, your omega-6. It's got a lot of good values to it in that. And not only that, you get less leaner. And we also have an, have an ingredient there called the, called the Ayaka plant, which is actually helping out of the food wow. as well. So, so your your dog food is almost like a dog getting a home cooked meal, would you say? Pretty much. All right. Yes, sir. Well, I want to go back to something you you said earlier about um, uh, 2021. You had maybe more people looking for you than have ever looked for you in the past. So, uh, why do you think that is? Uh, what what was different uh, this year? Well, the difference was, as you know, we got a lot of things going around in our country that uh, some of it was the black 
worldwide movement that actually, uh, this is kind of what they expressed to me in a way that it made some of the pet food industry recognize that, that they didn't have they didn't have very many black products on their shelves or, or, or any at all. And they would actually want to support some of the some of the black uh, pet food businesses out there to put them on their shelf to give you an opportunity to sell your product. Um, the one bunch that actually come back to us was a uh, was a United supermarket and also Abbott. And so so thus far, Abbott and United have a have a have a actually going to bless us actually be in, in all of their stores in the state of Texas starting hopefully in the next four weeks. Congratulations, that sounds good. Uh, yeah, it is. So that's kind of uh, go ahead. But it, but it's but it's but it's been a struggle, Mister uh, Hardy, just to hang in there. Um, even before the end, we you know we had some ups and downs even in 2019 to where it just wasn't nobody giving us an opportunity. You and it, and sometimes it uh, it'll give you sometimes it'll make you feel like giving up. But I feel like that we had a product out there that I felt like it need to be shared and need to be it need to be to, to hang in there. You know, there's a lot of people who said, well, you know, you ought to just give it up. But I just felt like that if God gives it to me, I just felt like it's something I need to keep the sun. Yeah. Well, I know I was I was reading uh, an article about you uh, in the pet food uh, industry magazine, and part of that said that you had uh, worked with three different manufacturers that had went uh, bankrupt. And I'm thinking, man, three strikes and you you are out. But uh, you kept pursuing uh, even after that, right? Yes, sir, I did. So I, uh, I'm sorry. So what would you what would you say to somebody? I mean, you know, you've had your struggles in your business, and that's probably not new to you. A, a lot of businesses have struggles from time to time. What would you say to that person that has what they believe that's a good idea, but it's it's so hard that they really are thinking about giving up? What would you say to them? I would truly say this here because I've been there and done that. And I would say to them simply this, your dream is not their dream. And if it's something that you believe in, then you need to hang in there. I'm not saying that it's not going to cost you something that you might not, you might lose something, but they got to realize it's just material stuff. I and not only that, when we were doing fairly well, uh, the industry kind of the industry kind of when you saw it, when you things are not going so well and you having your struggle, that even people think that you you're a dying breed and not going to bounce back. Everybody have a tendency to step aside from you just to see you fall, but nobody really reach out to try to uh, to live you give you that hand. And you're going to hear a lot of no's and you're going to hear people say you ought to give up and get out of it. But if it's but if it's something that you believe from the bottom of your heart that you can do, I think that you just need to stick with what you believe in and and run with it because if you it's just like I say because your vision is not their vision and so therefore you run with what you feel like that God led you to do and hang in there oh okay I, I hope that uh, people listening heard that that your vision may not be the other fellow's vision and whereas we all have people that we listen to uh, we probably should um, listen and stay true to what what we really believe. I, I think that's what I'm that, that's what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, yes, sir. That's what you're hearing because if I were to give up last month, I wouldn't have been signed a contract today. That's pretty close, but that's the way life is sometimes, isn't it? Yes, yes, sir, it is. Races are won by sometimes just uh, half of a second or something like that. So you stayed, and so you've got an opportunity to, to uh, sign that contract. So uh, United. In Albertsons, is there um, any other places or any other way that people can get your product? Here in the next few days, uh, they'll be able to get it um, at any United supermarket or any Albertsons stores um, in the state of Texas. That is. That is awesome. So uh, I get well. Obviously, that would have to kind of be maybe one of the the highlights. Um, was there ever a time that you thought about throwing in the towel? 
Yes, sir. Uh, Mr. Ward, there's a lot of times that I, I work for this art company even today. But there's a lot of times on my off days, what I would do is when I get off of work on my off days, I would get samples and I would get a lot of stuff together and, I, and brochures and I would go to, I would travel across the state of Texas going in and out of these stores and uh, trying to see if, if somebody would uh, give me an opportunity. And some of them would give me an opportunity because they said I wasn't well known. And then Costco gave me an opportunity to go into the Costco stores. And when I went into Costco stores and still went back to the feed store, they didn't want a petition. But I heard a lot of no's. And, and, and I always felt like that no, that by them saying no gave me the drive to want that I knew that there's got to be a yes out there somewhere. So by saying no didn't mean it. Just because they didn't want me, that didn't mean somebody else didn't. So that no gave me the drive to keep pursuing Zach's and keep on asking and keep on asking until once somebody say yes. And so, yeah, I felt like giving up, but I kept on pursuing it. Okay, so, so you kept on. And t- today you, uh, well, about 60 days from now, you should be in the United and the Alberson stores all over the state of Texas. And for you, I think this has been maybe uh, an 18-year journey. So once you get in those stores, are you done or do you have uh, bigger plans for the company? What what do you see out here five, ten years from now? That is, uh, Albertson and, Un- and United is going to be a stepping stone to, to have capital to grow other places because it's actually our dream someday to be nationwide. Um, we actually got a, uh, we actually got a, uh, uh, email the other day or last month to where Walmart has got what you call an exclusion program and it's for minority businesses as well. And they encouraged me to sign up for it. So I'm enrolled in it. So it might be that one day you might even see us in Walmart as well. Um, they have, a they have, a they have made they made it known that they want to put 15% of African Americans on their 15% of their bid on their shelf. They want to have African Americans or some other different ethnic group on their shelf as well. Well, I, I think I would say kudos to to Walmart on that. But since you mentioned uh, 15% African Americans and other people on their shelves, sometimes people get the idea that uh, well, um, you know, they are there because of the 15%. But but the truth is that you're there because you got a great product is that not the case if you read the if you read the uh the pet industry magazine and then you it, what i told them was simply this i don't want anybody to buy my dog food just because i'm black i want people to buy my dog food for the merit of the of the of the, the quality of the product um i'm black that's just part of it but 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 i'm not selling zach as a as i'm not going into trying to get into businesses because i'm black i want to earn my spot on anybody's shelf you know if i just if i didn't have a good product all i'll be on that shelf as a dust collector and that ain't what that ain't part of my goal okay so you you don't want to be on the shelf just because you're black, but then on the other hand, you don't want to be kept off of the shelf because you're black. If, they, if, they, if, they, if this is the only way that they're going to put me in there, I would love the opportunity to be on their shelf. They don't want to put it out there because they want minority people on their shelf. I want to be in there because it's an opportunity to put a good product on their shelf just because I'm Zach. Right, okay. And and that may have been a reason why I have not got as far as I have anyways, because a lot of times when I go into these people's places and ask them about putting Zach's on their shelf, I didn't ever tell them I was the owner anyway because I wanted them to look at the product and go by it, not by me. Right, so you were just basically walking in as a salesman that had a good product that you were proud of. And I didn't tell them that I was the owner. Right, right. Well, you know, I, I had another African-American man that was in the vending machine business, and his story was pretty similar. He said, I just, I never told him that I owned the company. 
all I was in there to do was to, to put vending machines in, and that, that seemed to work for him. So after this 18-year uh, period is there, uh, and as we begin to kind of conclude um, our interview today, is there anything that you really want uh, people to know about you or your products, or do you just have some advice that you think might be helpful to anybody that's listening today? Um, I'm going to say this about Texas in general. I feel like that, um, I feel like I've been, I, I feel like I've been in, uh, we've been blessed to live in Texas all my life. And a lot of stuff that you're seeing in other parts of the country, it, it really don't define Texas because all the, uh, the, all, most of my customer base, 95% of them are Caucasian. And they have been super nice to me and even helping me get, keeping my business going. And I hadn't seen the racism that a lot of people claim that they are seeing because I don't see that in Texas. I just think that they like to see people be who they are in, in, in and they buy it because you have a good product. That's what I have seen thus far. You know, I'm going around, but if it's there, I hadn't seen it. But anybody that's got a dream is trying to run their business no matter what it is that they're doing. And if you believe in it, just keep it doing. And God will bless you. And I always felt like that putting them first is one of the reasons why we're still here. And I always tell anybody that Zach's has been a God thing. Wow, that's, uh, well, if you have a God thing, uh, there's no way to go, but <laughs> one way, that's, that's up. I uh, appreciate you uh, taking some time to talk with us today, uh, Mr. Willis, you are in a very competitive uh, business, but I'm thankful that you uh, have hung in there, and I want to congratulate you on uh, uh, getting into Albertsons and United Store, and we'd encourage people to start looking for your products. So again, thank you for being on the program today. Uh, God bless you as you continue to move forward. Hey, Mr. Ford, appreciate you for uh, giving me this opportunity to be to be here as well, and I thank you so much. Okay, you have a wonderful day. And you as well, sir. Thank you. This podcast has been sponsored by the West Texas Tribune and Floyd Miller Investments. Securities and investment advisory services offered through FSC Securities Corporation, FSC member FINRA SIPIC. FSC is separately owned and other entities and are marketing names, products, or services referenced here are independent of FSC. Floyd Miller can be reached at 3300 South 14th Street, Suite 100, Abilene, Texas, or by phone at 325-676-0138.